The stage is dark, but the conversation is just beginning. Welcome back to the Utah Symphony Utah Opera's Ghostlight Podcast, a behind-the-curtain look at the world of classical music and the artists who make it. I'm Jeff Counts. And I'm Carol Anderson. During the summer furlough necessitated by circumstances of the pandemic, the musicians of the Utah Symphony created quite a lot of digital content. One of their projects was a commission specifically designed to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our guests on the podcast today are Utah Symphony principal trombonist Mark Davidson, who spearheaded the project, and composer Quinn Mason, who was commissioned to compose this short fanfare for brass and percussion. Welcome, Quinn and Mark. Mark, let's start with you since you got the ball rolling on this. It's been obviously a very turbulent summer, full of social unrest. When did the idea for this project take shape for you? And was there a particular moment that sparked your conscience in this way? Uh, indeed, a turbulent summer, Jeff. You know, turn on the news. I mean, late May, around the time the orchestra was off, we had these projects going along. And the national reaction of the protest to the, you know, the George Floyd murder, you know, I think it affected all of us very heavy. You know, we were approaching some patriotic holidays and I was kind of pondering what will they kind of look like this year. So I think during that time, there's, you know, a lot of the hesitancy for folks in the community, you know, people uh, in general to voice their own thoughts and, you know, these events of such a sensitive nature, you know, how controversial they can become and talk about systemic racism and big topics that have to be addressed. So where does that relate to music? You know, I just felt more and more motivated and inspired of wondering what that would sound like and seeing our organization's support for Black Lives Matter, uh, knowing that, you know, it's possible that uh, there could be a project such as this one that that could be really relevant and connect with a lot of people. So Quinn, you're new to Utah audiences. How did you become a part of this project? Did you know Mark prior to the time the collaboration started? I actually didn't know Mr. Davidson prior to this collaboration. It was actually an email. He sent me an email one day earlier this summer. And in the email, he, uh, he commissioned a piece for me, but he also mentioned that we had a mutual connection, uh, Dr. Nicholas Williams, who used to be on the staff at UNT. And actually, I know uh, Dr. Williams, when I went to band camp in 2014, he was, I was in the honor band and he was the conductor. And we reconnected at the Midwest Clinic some years later, and he's been following my work ever since. And he's been a champion too. In fact, he was gonna give the Australian premiere of one of my pieces before, well, you know what, I don't need to say it. (laughs) So through that mutual connection, I met Mr. Davidson, and then we, we went back and forth about this project, especially since, you know, I had been watching the news as well and knew that I kinda had to write something to kind of commemorate this event, mostly for future generations, but a piece that's a sign of the times as well. And he was, Mr. Davidson was very generous in helping me kind of find a direction for the piece, for sure. And in fact, he was the one that suggested the title. I can't take full credit on that. That was, that was, that was him. Yeah, uh, we connected, gelled right away. Uh, exchanging emails about the topic and it was, it was so easy. It was, probably have hundreds of emails of exchange there just on every part of this journey of uh, putting such a project together. And uh, it was really easy. When we were talking about the piece, just talked about the idea of it being soulful and, you know, very 
lyrical and melodic. You know, I think in his process of composing, the piece wanted to do something different. I mean, let's get you talking about the piece, actually. Um, I, it's called Changes, Transitions. And I think when people hear fanfare, they assume a certain celebratory commemorative nature when they hear that Black Lives Matter was the pretext for the composition. They might have a different expectation in terms of the emotional content of the work. I feel like it encompasses both. There's a lot happening in this music. Talk about where you came up with sort of the emotional temperature and voice of this piece. You talk about it a little bit at the beginning of the video, but I want to give you a chance to say it live for us now. When we, me and Mr. Davidson started talking about this project, we knew that it was going to commemorate Black Lives Matter. There was no question about that. The question was how, and especially looking at the type of music I write already, which is really not political music, more, more introspective music that I want audiences to find the meaning for. And earlier in, in our conversation, I, I mentioned to, to Mark that I wrote a piece called In Memory, which is for a solo viola, that's not in the memory of anyone or any event, and that enabled performers and, and audiences to find the, the meaning for themselves. And for that reason, it's, it turned out to be a very popular piece. Now, I wanted to take that same approach for this piece. And, you know, looking at the program notes, yes, it is a fanfare that celebrates the progress that we've made with the Black Lives Matter protests. But also, if we look at the title, Changes Transitions, it can be changes and transitions for anything, for any event in life, for, for any kind of event. So that, that's what I wanted for this piece. I wanted a piece that not only commemorated this subject, but could be used in other occasions as well. the ending, I found that very, very meaningful. The energy really subsides and the final chord is rather unresolved. So how does that mirror what you wanted to say with the piece? When I approached that ending, I, I, I knew that I wanted an ending that kind of asked the question, that kind of posed the question to the audiences. And that, that question in this context is, what do we have to do to get to where we want to be? And we look at everything that came before that chord, which is, you know, we, it's, it's basically kind of a, a wrapping up of the very beginning, which is kind of pointillism, which, you know, has chords and notes jumping in from all over the place. And then we have this celebratory section in the, in the middle. And then after all that celebration that we still have unfinished work to do, that we've done all this work, but there's still so much left to do that you know, we, we have to work harder, you know? And so that, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to kind of ramp the energy down. And then with that final, it ends with a cymbal scrape. That was, that was a very intentional move by me. That cymbal scrape is kind of the spark of an idea of what's coming next. Well, Mark, speaking of uh, connecting with the community, because of the other 
crisis that is visited upon America right now, you had some limited options about how you connected the community. There was never going to be, at least not yet, a live performance. You made a short video of this, which you served as artistic director for. Tell us a little bit about your vision for the look and feel of that video. Were, were there any challenges? I suspect you might have been out of your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, um, a lot of it goes hand in hand, just being a musician, an artist, uh, videographer, uh, Matt Poole. Uh, he was the, you know, person who was instrumental in, you know, getting the details together to put that into a form so we could see it. Um, originally, we wanted to record this live. Uh, like you said, Jeff, uh, the, the COVID numbers were really high in late July uh, when uh, the piece was ready to be recorded. And uh, it just, you know, we're in September and we're you know, still waiting back for aerosol tests to see some winds and brass can come back. So, uh, yeah, th that was a hurdle for sure. And to, and to go with the route of everyone recording in their home, that was really the only option for everybody's safety. And uh, it would have been great to do something at the Capitol here in Utah or with everybody together. But like you said, Jeff, with, you know, with COVID and, and, and some of the, the hurdles, the project, you know, it kind of took a journey in life of its own uh, to get to, you know, the finished product. I'm going to ask this next question from both of you. We'll start with Quinn, though. Um, what sort of response have you gotten from community members, arts leaders, or members of the public to this project? Overwhelmingly positive, I would have to say. It's even more meaningful, you know, the, the meaning behind the video and reading, reading about it and then seeing, you know, the maestro leading it. And then all these images and all these musicians, it's a very deep and powerful message. And it does, you know, pose a bunch of questions that we hopefully will answer, you know, in the future. But everyone, everyone liked it. It was a great, great project. Mark, uh, I want to thank you on behalf of everyone for believing that this piece needed to be written. And I want to thank you, Quinn, for writing it because it did need to be written and it needs to be heard. And I hope everyone goes to the Facebook pages of the Utah Symphony and the musicians of Utah Symphony so that they can see this and experience this work. Quinn, I want to give you the last word here today as the composer of the piece. And I know you said you're not a political composer, and that's not necessarily the intent of this piece for you. But tell me what you'd like listeners to take away from this piece. The, that this is a piece that is about this moment. And then when you listen to this piece, think about what has happened here and think about the work that needs to be done. Because especially in the program, it does ask the question, what do we have to do to get to where we want to be? And then go out and take action, find a way to answer that question. That's what I hope. Thank you both so much, not only for bringing this piece to life, but for 
being guests today on the Ghost Light Podcast. As I mentioned before, you can view the video and hear Quinn's music on both the Utah Symphony and Musicians of the Utah Symphony Facebook pages. To learn more about the music of Quinn Mason, and you should, please check out his website at masonianmusic.wixsite.com. Be sure to also visit utahsymphony.org and utahopera.org for information about upcoming performances. If you haven't yet, it would really help us if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us get new listeners. Until next time, I'm Jeff Counts. And I'm Carol Anderson. Thanks for listening. The Ghostlight Podcast is produced and edited by Robert Bedont. The Utah Symphony Utah Opera season sponsor is the George S. and Dolores Dore Eccles Foundation.